Blessed be tree family. Awesome. Wonderful to uh, speak with you all today. This is going to be a Old Testament new lesson at the same time correlation for the censorship. What that means from the Old Testament point of view and in the modern era. I'm uh, pleased to be on the line with uh, the Going 10-8 podcast leader, TCAST. Uh, how are you doing this evening, sir? Good, good. How's it going with you? <laughs> Overloading the circuit breakers with uh, positivity, apparently. <laughs> We'll see, we'll see if the technical difficulties will be uh, technical unities here in a minute. But, uh, you know, basically some of the things that I want to touch on, and I'd love to hear your point of view about the modern social media and the correlations for the censorship that we have going on with, like, the Facebook fact checkers and those kind of things. And also just the meme warriors that are out there and how those are being silenced and how that iconography or the use of imagery to convey a message has been deemed in a negative way, but in its original form was the most uh, universal way of communicating the, the the brand or the signal or whatever the purpose would be. You know, comedically, we're, we're having these images being able to imprint and, and share. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to touch on just briefly was the etymological history, that is the study of words, the origins of words. Whenever we hear a reference to the word sense, like uh, not in the sense of like uh, money, but when we hear censor, okay, that is a direct refer reference to incense, which would be the lighting of incense, which is mentioned hundreds of uh, over a hundred times in the uh, whole Bible. If you're using the King James Version, it's about 121 times or so. And it's referenced in everything from the origin with Exodus all the way through Revelation. Uh, it has correlations of lighting incense to the queen of heaven, uh, Moses making an altar specifically for incense, how uh, an incense coal purified Isaiah's lips, how Ezekiel rebukes the, the leaders of the time for lighting incense to strange foreign gods, which at the time was attributed to the female divinity and all of those things regionally. There's all of these correlations to where silencing, controlling the ability to meditate in prayer. Um, I'm just curious, what is your take on thinking about like the smoke from incense and the meditation portions of uh, consuming a, a concentrate or even just lighting incense and the smells and, and the clarity that that can bring for an environment. Have you had those like um, mind altering, but at the same mind calming experience with incense before? I, I mean, I wouldn't even take it to the extent of saying mind altering for the aspect <laughs> of, uh, right. you know, it could be taken to such delicate formalities, like, you know, using a diffuser with uh, incense or not incense, but um, uh, essential oils, Okay. Uh, you know, to the, to the point of something like that is almost, I, I could feel, you know, it's, it's not as... Um, intertwined with what you were talk talking no, about it's 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 in the same i mean it's in time yeah. it's yeah it's, it's not as uh right on the same you know well road what, as what you're talking what about what we but... are talking about is how frequencies carry yes. a specific intention and but again with that with the you know use of you know the essential oils there are different combinations or certain mm -hmm. things that you could be using for particular you know needing uh, energy or, you know, needing better sleep and stuff like that. So there are, okay. you know, different elements, I guess, to it. Sure. I mean, that that's a good point because just in aromatherapy in general, it has an effect by way of vibrational frequency. I mean, talking about metaphysics and the brain waves, you know, as an example, saying no is a hundred times weaker in the spectrum than an affirmation of yes and thank you. So there, there is this mind affirmation with gratitude that's also connected but i would say in specific forms like we have antibacterial and antifungal we have these purity aspects of these higher vibrational frequencies don't allow for um you know these bacterias and these other things to exist so incense was not only like a fumigation as far as making sure that nothing negative was there, they used to use this to to smudge or clear a room. Still to this day, you hear about these practices from native tribal people and using eagle feathers and, and the smoke to smudge and all of that. As far as a blessing, as far as being able to carry and pass on these traditions through our generations. But the, the issue that I'm I'm talking about is imagine this is culturally what you were raised with. 
that when you wanted to go in and figure out a problem, you'd go to your prayer closet. Let's, let's put the air fingers up for a second. Prayer closet. And you're in the privacy of your home or you're at your own, wherever it is, mountaintop, whatever the case may be. And you light your incense and you say your prayers and you're just trying to keep track of how long it takes 12 minutes for, you know, one foot incense stick to burn. And for the longer ones, it's like two, two and a half hours. So there's this 20 minutes ratio versus an hour versus two and a half hours on the length of these sticks that was also used as a time measure for a dedication and purpose for tranquility and focusing. And so if you're dedicating time to a specific purpose of an affirmation, and then all of a sudden, culturally, somebody comes in and says, hey, 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 wait a minute. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to focus your mind about these particular concepts, whether they're about your, your theos, your belief in God, your belief in self, your belief in the nature as it is. Whatever the case may be, somebody is telling you you're not allowed to do that. That, in its very basic form, is where we get the etymological sense of censorship to, to control the ability to use this time, this mentality, this focus, and restrict people from having that solidarity, having that unity, having that habitual behavior. Because that's the other part of this. It's a it's, habitual it's a very behavior. Social, it's a very social dynamic, too. Yeah, it's the habitual aspect, which is very socially intertwined to what you're mm -hmm. saying as well. So, I mean, even today, if you wanted to go to some of these temples or if you wanted to go to a, a Vietnamese hair salon, they have incense that they light outside to their ancestors to, for a pleasing aroma. And they do this as just part of their routine for their morning prayers or their lunch prayers to add abundance to their day. You know, it's just one of these things that they do. Uh, of course, somebody who's in the Christian realm might see that as sacrilege and they might see that as a negative thing. But not talking about the negatives or the differences in opinions here, just in general, to say that you're not allowed to do that is censorship. And so to correlate from a specific action of habitual behavior for focusing your mind, for achieving a communal message, an outward expression of faith of an inward decision, kind of like a baptism of the air, because you're, you're lighting a cloud. It says that, you know, uh, the creator would meet you in the clouds. So there's a direct correlation to smoke and a smoke-filled tabernacle and smoke-filled from the incense. And matter of fact, Moses was only known to be communicating with God when there was a pillar of smoke coming from there. And that pillar of smoke was from the incense altar. So this is basically like old-school hotboxing, if you want to be technical here. But what, what I'm trying to show here is that's been made controlled. That's not allowed to be done anymore. Even in today, we're not allowed to make the incense altar because it has cannibalism that they're putting all over everything. It's like a giant dab. It'd be the equivalent to me going in the middle of City Hall, setting up my own tent, and then hotboxing right there. I mean, practically, you can't do that today. That That's restricted. So that is a censorship activity. Wait, I mean, have you been to San Francisco, dude? <laughs> truth there, there is <laughs> warriors out there and peace be with you because i know you're doing the best you can with what you have oh, and very I, I, true very true um the, it was the, it was more of a it was more of just a in time yeah, relative but, joke yeah but i totally understand you can't it's not normal it's not something that you know your everyday person's just gonna go you know sit up and light up a a a, a, a you know, I wouldn't say necessarily a ritual, dude, but it just, you know. Well, I mean, I, I, I want to give you like just one more correlation from the Old Testament sense. I mentioned the Queen of Heaven. I mentioned, you know, uh, that Astora, which we have Easter today that's in the symbolic reference to her and all of that. So the, the Jewish uh, God or name for God is Yahweh in the sense of what, he, what he's representing. His wife would have been um, Asherah. And Asherah was the one that they, you know, lit incense to on a regular basis. And depending on what region you come from, it's called different things regionally, of course. There was the um, bronze serpent that was lifted up that Moses contributed to. And Hezekiah was really about getting rid of these female deities from having access to the, to the Jewish court and all of that. So when there's a reference in Ezekiel chapter 8, to where they're saying Tamaz, or T-A-M-M-U-Z, 
and the women of the court were lighting incense in, in tears. So this was like a daily worship for these women to gather, light their incense, uh, let their sorrows be heard amongst each other, and basically feel better. Okay, The incense would obviously carry their woes and their sadness, and they would break these tears open in order to, to do. And so there's kind of this sacrilegious aspect to it, to where that they're choosing not joy, not an affirmation of peace, but they're choosing a sorrow. And so there was a rebuke to this. So there was a direct correlation towards censoring the ability for women to pray within the Jewish culture by way of this incense to where that they said, you know, you, you can't light incense in the inner court anymore, but you can have the outer court. The men are only allowed on the inner side. So when I'm referencing this stuff, I just needed to, to kind of have a, a meat and potatoes example of this is not new. This is something that's happened throughout time and history. It just so happens that it happened to a gender. Now we're dealing with political leanings. We're dealing with associations of race. We're dealing with all of these other yeah. regional ramifications. But basically, it's the same thing. You're not allowed. I, I was going to say. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was going to say, though, on top of what you just said, is 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 history repeats itself. We're literally watching it repeat itself. And, 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 and those I would two, say thank you for yeah. your enlightenment, because this is <laughs> what is helping to bridge those gaps of the understanding of, you know, a lot of people well, can't see the uh, the correlation of history repeating itself. And, uh, well, I, and I believe this is why you are you're bringing the enlightenment to everybody, which I appreciate. It, like I said, you know, it's just a reflection. If you're able to see this, then the peace that surpasses understanding is already with you. And I thank you for your time as well, brethren. And here, here is the thing. OK, the truth is the truth. All our job is to set it free and it, and it defends itself. But what's happening is the truth is a scary beast. It's like a roaring lion to people. And they don't understand that this lion is there to protect them. It's literally there to make sure that nobody robs them and takes them and, and that liberty of that lion. He's not supposed to be caged and controlled and fed on a routine where he's controlled and can't leave a certain area. It's supposed to be a, a wild beast that has this ability to have a domain and a roar and an ability to speak when he needs to. And on, as an example, OK, we're talking about an animal kingdom principle, but I'm meaning it from the from the point of view of the true pride of recognizing family, recognizing our abilities as one another, you know, each one of us has a skill and a, and a set of amazing opportunities that have been provided to us. So when we do what we're doing right now, this is where the spirit kind of gathers and affirms a blessing. But when we go on something like Facebook, now, again, we're going to have people who are like, ah, Facebook, you know, that was just created by this and there was created for that. And let's, let's, Take it for granted that the majority of social networking, except for the ones that we're developing, are national security agency operatives to information gather. And you're volunteering information to tell them how to profile and how to have an assessment of your character and your activities. And we all get this part of it. But it's gotten to a point to where it used to be on MySpace you could have as many friends as you want. And then they just said, you know what, we're going to focus on Facebook where you have to be part of a specific college. I don't know if you know the history on that, but in order to originally get a Facebook account, you had to have a certain EDU. Yeah, it was, from, the, from the uh, it was at the time frame of the old MySpace era and MySpace right. uh, uh, Mark, uh, Mark, Mr. Mr. Z over here uh, was able to was able to create this entity of the aspect of exactly what you're saying is more of a um, MySpace, but just linked to straight um, college, you know. Well, it's interesting because as, as, as men... And I'm not sure, if, I'm not sure if, if his was intertwined with, like, coming out or he had the idea with MySpace at the time and MySpace branched off. It's even I, more interesting because, like... You know, we like picking up ladies as to men in general who love women and all the female form and all of that. You can have your well, own the original aspect it of it yeah. wasn't like a it was like a Tinder. It, it basically it was like, hey, we went to these Ivy League schools. We should be able to pull the best of the best women. So it was their way of creating a party and a dating pool for other people who had the same similar status 
where they paid for these Ivy League colleges like Harvard and Yale and all these things. And you had to have these Ivy League schools in order to have membership. So it was basically a prestige club. It was like an online fraternity. It's completely different than what people originally yeah. attribute it to. So yeah. it was always designed to be a cliquish, foundational, like controlling measure. But what happened was they limited the amount of friends that you could have to 5,000. That was never the original. And like some of this stuff that people are seeing, you can have more followers than friends. All of that concept, I get it. I get that you have to turn into a public page for, for you to have more than 5,000 friends or followers. I get all of that. My point of reference is they limited your, your ability to have contact with lots and lots of people. But then they created a facet with like Instagram and, you know, Snapchat for crying out loud as a way to do peep shows for people so that you could not get caught by people when you're cheating. And it's turned into a way to where that they're marketing not just the sex appeal, but, you know, illicit drugs and other things. And these are the modern ways that the youth are learning how to communicate in an instant gratification way. So when we see a censorship on a platform, it's like I wanted to share this comment. And this comment is now a warning. And that warning now says that you're restricted from the ability to communicate for X amount of days. So how is it that a free speech item that we're agreeing to originally has now gotten so restricted to where you have to align with a specific group of friends and 5,000 folks that are partisan or in alignment to your particular beliefs so that you're now pooled together in such a way to where that you're self-validating by everybody else that already believes what you believe. So you're not exposed to any new jargon, any new postings. You're compartmentalized as a group in its very basic nature to where that your communication and input is based upon whoever you're already aligned with, whatever your likes and all that already are. So you're just recreating your own belief system by what you're choosing to align with. And then in so doing, you have no challenges. So what happens would, the first I would time like somebody to say challenges the, you? I would like to say, though, first, I would like to say, though, first, you're 100% dead on. But I would like to say that the um, a lot of the um, main cause and the out, like, more of the umbrella here is, the, you know, the technology that we have now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, the, the, uh, the original aspect of this platform was way different. But again, this was what twenty years ago, so everything has evolved. Oh God, now so you made me so feel forth. old. So, <laughs> so what I would just have to say, though, on top of it all, though, is like again, we have this technology to where people can hide behind a screen, or, um, you know, di- di- you know, separate themselves from society pretty much and go hide behind screens or so on and so forth, instead of back in the day where you you knew your people because you hung out with your people. You know, yeah. you chose to you yeah. chose to be around people. You didn't choose to be around people because I mean, either. Even, and it was more of like, you know, yeah, it might have been mindset. It might have not might have had a disgruntled argument, so on and so forth. But it was more actually in person. It wasn't sitting over a computer in a comment section going back and forth about, you know, your, your beliefs and stuff. And at the end of the day, you all never going to see each other. Why? Why build up so much argument? Why build up some stuff? Getting a little bit off uh, the, of the point here, but. I think the the, big, the the biggest aspect of is you're 100% right, and the technology advancement of everything is helping push that divide and narrative yeah, is kind of I mean, what I think. W- w- we're also seeing – I mean there's films out there about the algorithmic you know, principles of, of Facebook and what they design this stuff to be is basically it's an engaging tool where it's provoking you – to spend massive amounts of time so that they can then force ad revenue on you. So this has little to do with anything other than provoking you by getting you engaged. And then once you're engaged, it continues to foster that relationship of engagement. So you're constantly in a for, in, you know, in an argumentative and engaging, you know, with these other people who differ from your opinion so that then they can place ads in your views and your and all of that stuff so that the feed is then algorithmically challenging you to constantly stay in motion with it. So I get what you're saying. And then, you know, dealing with uh, the, the older generation that may have a political leaning towards one side or the other. And when they share an opinion and they're like, why are all these people upset with me? Well, the, the point of this whole platform 
is engagement so that then you have a catalyst to stay engaged. As an example, if I do a, a, a post about, uh, you know, how we had documented cannabidiol uh, cases that cured, tr successfully treated SARS-CoV-2, and I share that, and I share 10 separate links that say the same thing. But the one link that I say is, why are we doing this emergency use authorization thing if we have a pre-existing source that says this successfully treats this problem with coronavirus? Doesn't that impair the whole principle of them saying that there was no possible other thing? So when I, say, when I share that particular statement, and it, and it gets 176 shares in the course of like, I would say a day, maybe two days just within my group, obviously out of all of the ones that I shared, that was the one that everybody uh, activated with or engaged with and shared it themselves. And then from that days later, it's then restricted and removed from my page and removed from my ability to share. However, other people can then, and then we tested this other people can then share the same article and it goes through fine. But because of what I said directly in reference to, if this impairs the emergency use authorization, then why are now, we doing now, this? Do you think it? No, and I 100% agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, um, denying this at all. I'm saying I'm, I'm wondering if it, if it was the fact of the algorithm because of so many people sharing your first particular post. Because I did what, ten different posts just to check, right? And yeah. out of those ten, it's all the same, you know, studies. That there were just ten the varying studies. The, the only one that got flagged and blocked was the one that got the most shares because I wrote it in an engaging way of saying, if we have this, then they are not legally allowed to do an emergency use authorization. Why not use cannabidiol instead of this? Then they posted and they gave me a warning on my, on my profile and everything else and said that this post could be a possible physical harm. That it could be possibly a physical harm. It could be promoting a physical harm. So how how is that something that is proven? And I'm actually citing a referenceable clinical trial and its data because that's what the link is. But my opinion that is sharing the correlation of what this actually means because it predated in 2018, 2016, all of that, the findings for coronavirus as far as covid um, you know, SARS COVID two. So if this is the case, then all of that stuff was valid. But the only reason why I got flagged was because I promoted the correlation of the fact that this means this. So all of this other stuff is invalidated. And they said that's possible harm after it had gotten shared 176 times. And I'm going, okay, people obviously like this one. Meanwhile, the other one's got three or four, 10 shares, you know, they're, they're just minor, but the one that caught wildfire, it got restricted. And then about two days later, I had a, a very close confidant share the same news article, but just shared it as in, have you guys seen this? And just a question. And then that article went through and they shared it fine. And it went out across the board. Had, had little to do, if not anything, no restrictions, no warnings, but I received a warning on my page. This is the, this is the issue of censorship. Yeah, that's, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. So I'm seeing it. I, if I hadn't physically had that personal example, I would be, I, I think people are just saying that there, you know, there's like a machine that's algorithmically. No, somebody is physically reading what we're posting and then saying, oh, I'm going to write an article that, that counteracts. There's already an article written that counteracts. And then I'm going to self-validate by putting my article in link and saying we fact check this and it was invalid. What is it about the fact checker program protocols that makes you think that that's completely kosher or that it has some ethical advantage, that there's a, a non-biased form to it? I mean, what's your take on it? Are they receiving any compensation for doing these kind of well, things? Well, see, that's kind of the thing, dude, is that uh, I've been looking into, you know, who is fact checking like who is our fact checkers? You know who appointed our fact checkers? You know, obviously, mm -hmm. somebody had to come out and appoint somebody to be like, nah, dude, your idea is wrong. You know, because that's what we're seeing right now. That's literally what you're going through. 
Um, mm-hmm. If we want to get real, and I'm not trying to get political because I'm not very, I'm not a very political person. I just like watching everything crazy, you know, craziness that goes on. Um, but you know, we're talking about censorship. You know, the fact that a, a mainstream social media conglomerate or whatever literally uh, banned the president. You know, at the time. It's kind of a big deal. Like well, I don't, I don't care what your, what your, you know, your political stance is on the person. The yeah, there, there is a muzzling there. The, I mean, if you think about, it, wasn't it just, it wasn't just one platform. I mean, no, Twitter it was, was the all, first one. It was pretty much freaking after that. It was all. I, I, again, again, I'm not trying to get political with the whole aspect. I I'm know, just I know. Taking in particular yeah. aspect of, of, you have platforms that are just literally, not. You can't say anything anymore. Sorry. Uh, you know, granted, whatever the situation was, what they're talking about, I'd, you know, it is it is what it is. The point is, it was that easy. It was that quick. Do you know what I mean? That's um, what's in- insane. Well, one of the other things is there was an entire other platform that was being used that they started on their own to still con- congregate and share the information. And then I believe it was Apple and Android, both of them decided that they weren't going to allow the, the sale of these items on their on, – they weren't even going to allow them to host on the phone platforms in general, on the Android marketplace or in the iTunes. And so they, they restricted the entire account structure by saying we're going to basically pull the database from record from our phone systems. And so – here it is, and then as it's, I'm it's pretty much in short, things, it's pretty much in short tell saying, you know, I can't, you know, or uh, I, you no longer have any servers to run your, your, you know, your equipment. Through. Well, you still have a server, <laughs> but we're not going to allow it to interface. We're going to block its yeah, connection yeah. through our portal. And then exactly, I, I mean, I get what you're saying completely because I've seen it. Uh, I know that there are some. Uh, I would say foreign well, powers have, that finance these. I kind have of things, a. Uh, I have a. Um, um, so, uh, I know if you go through, uh, and pull up your, your warning or your, whatever it was that you got for your post, um, it will probably say who the people are for Facebook, at least that are, um, giving you these fact checks. Um, so it is factcheck.org. So if you go to factcheck.org, you go to search. Um, I went to search. I looked up, you know, our funding or their funding. So who, you know, funds fact check the fact checkers that are fact checking us? Um, <laughs> How much fact so check? Because fact check So the yeah, dude, you got to make sure the facts are checked. Um, <laughs> so the fiscal year of 2021, which ended in June 30 for them, June 30th, 2021, uh, Facebook was actually the second highest donator with 389,000. Coming in right under the Annenberg Foundation, which is wow. $406,000. So you're telling me that the uh, the people that are the most highest, you know, up there for donations for your, you know, fact checkers, paying them fact checkers, uh, is the one fact checking your, you know. Yeah, there's no, there's your, no your lean, leanings there. Or, or <laughs> yeah. Golly, you know what I mean? You know? And then uh, and I, and I took a little look real quick because I, I actually wasn't too sure, you know, who the Annenberg Foundation or was or who it is. But um, Walter, Annenberg, Walter Annenberg built the empire from Triangle Media. from So yeah. 1942, he took it over. Um, and this is pretty much one of the what I'm assuming is one of the yeah, main public relations. Uh, yeah, Blackrock. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and that's a whole other conversation we get to have in a, maybe a couple of days. Well, or so, BlackRock but... is also a, a party, uh, a partisan owner of the Android and the Apple marketplaces. And that's also a facet internationally. So here is one of the things we're talking about censorship. We're talking about international foreign allegiances and, and all these things. Um, so I've mentioned this on several different accounts. And I, and I keep bringing it up for people so that they can understand the principle of why this is allowed. So. Uh, some time ago, there was some reporters that discovered that growth bovine hormones cause cancer. So they're like, hey, we want to let everybody know on the air that this causes cancer. Let's do an expose. They do an expose. The Associated Press, NBC, all those affiliates are like, you can pull that stuff off 
or we're going to you know, remove our sponsorships and you're going to get fired. And I said, well, it's the truth. We have an ethical responsibility to tell people the truth. And they said, no, actually, you're fired. You don't. This is the news. It's entertainment. This doesn't actually have a journalistic quality. It's entertainment. It's what it's classified as because it's on the, on the media and it's scripted and it's written. So we have a narrative that we abide by that we are under the impression that the news of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, which had an ethical presentation to it of the journalistic code, is still presiding. And it doesn't because one of the things that I address is the Smith-Month Act. You know, everybody's like, well, what is this stuff? Well, it used to be illegal. Like in other countries, we go and invade them. We have a co-intelligence group in our military that takes over their like uh, press and it takes over their television and their radio. And our group hires operatives that we have trained to share our message. They share the message to the existing media chains. We take over the broadcasts of this country. This is how we inform them. This is how we control them vicariously through their own language and their own system. That is the foreign policy aspect of propaganda. It's called co-intelligence. Co-intelligence was an operation. It was a direct correlation to MOS and all like that until we had this resurgence in 2010, 2011 with the cryptocurrency market where they call coin intelligence, which is still co-intelligence. So all of this stuff that we have as a cryptocurrency and algorithmic, keeping track of previous transactions, all of that is a military operation by way of the same controlling mechanism of keeping track and encrypting data. But here it is today, modern English, we have this thing that we have now allowed in the Smith-Munt Act to where these foreign policies that we were originally doing to take over these other countries, since 2013, that's been repealed to where that now we're able to use those foreign policy propaganda campaigns on the American people. On the American people, we're le legally now, politics, military, are all allowed to use foreign policy false narratives, which is a, you know, a lie, a blatant lie to control the masses abroad, that we are now allowed to share stateside. We were restricted from doing that up until 2013. But if you look at the resurgence of these campaigns, this awareness, all of that's not only is the news now entertainment, and it's not bound by a journalistic code, but it's also eroded so far to where that we're using foreign policy to control our own people with false narrative. So what do you take? What do you believe? So we had this independent media surge, right? We had YouTube and we had these amazing people that were stepping out and telling the truth amidst all of these crises with the media and the mainstream media collapsing and not being able to be self-validated or give you actual evidence. They don't source anything. It's all of these blatant lies that they're propagating in such a way to where that it's about an emotional response. So there's these triggerings that are going on in our system that they're now using as an algorithmic exchange to keep you engaged. Kind of like, you know, this whole scenario of going on of why did people buy all of the Charmin? You know, in the midst of all of the coronavirus scare tactics of the media campaigns, there was those prime commercial spots which advertised toilet paper. So where did that imprint come in? Well, we're going to give you this feel-good commercial amidst all of this fear-mongering. And then what happens is, oh, I feel good because I went and got toilet paper. But this this propaganda stuff doesn't work. But here it is, the mainstream media who has these allegiances from Procter and Gamble and these larger institutions, they're aware that this stuff works. That's why a Super Bowl ad, you know, is worth millions of dollars because of the amount of. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think then. it does. I was going to say, I don't think it does not not work. dude. I think it does work. I think you do see, you know, look at I mean, for instance, bro, you, you get a. Um, the, the, the new iPhone bleep blop on uh, whatever. Get that commercial out. Oh, it's coming out. It's, yeah, three, you know, four months, it's coming out. And everyone gets hyped on it. And then like, you got to get the new phone. Got to get the new phone. You know what I mean? Okay. But it's just yeah. as simple as putting out, you know, commercial. Put that advertisement out. Get them yeah. to see it. So in, in that same retrospect of since we're now able to be given a false narrative, we are told from a media that is, is literally claiming entertainment, which is saying, hey, this is just like a reality TV show. We're writing stuff up to make it more interesting. We're going to be hurried up and getting this out, but we're not going to have any ethical value of the truth or any substantial supporting evidence, which used to be the, the code that I still operate by from the media, is you have two sources before you bring it to the public. 
right? You have one validated source and you have one backed up source to make sure that now before you share it, that you can show what your source data is. Otherwise, it's a theory. It's an educated guess. So you have to be yeah, an that's, opinion that's instead of a out fact. The window nowadays. Well, with that being said, you know, this is no, this I'm is the research quality, you know. Mainstream media and aspects of that sort that is completely out the window. They So let me let me ask you, is that the erosion of censorship? At in its core level, do people really care about the truth? Um, that's actually okay, see, that's a great question. Now when you put it that way, that's a great question. Um, I don't think people are necessarily that they don't care. I, I mean, I guess you're right. They don't care because there's a lot of the times people and see, here's so, the thing. This is what I'm trying to word it. I don't know. No, I've you're, heard you're, people you're just doing don't the right care. Thing, I, like I, they don't I, care I, about the truth. Like they don't want to hear it because they just don't care or well, the other side of dissidents. it too. You know, it's like, yes, if, if your entire framework, if everything you've been taught and academia is how to regurgitate properly. How not to think for yourself, but how to memorize and regurgitate. Whether you're in a PhD forum, uh, higher aptitude of you know you know learning, whether you're just graduating high school, it's not about your ability to you know reason or think on your own, which is something you do quite well and other people do quite well because that's how we survive in actual life. Wait. That might not be an alley I want to go down. That looks dangerous. There's somebody standing right there. I can see the gun in his pocket. I don't want to go that route. I'll go this way. Not, hmm, that's a really nice light. I'm going to walk right to it. Uh, did you notice any of the other circumstantial parts of this to make an assessment? Nope. I just want to get over there and see how pretty that light is. No, nah, not even that. Nowadays, it'd be like, no, nah, he doesn't look like a bad guy. <laughs> how dare you can't, think less of we him? We can't judge him before we we walk up to him how dare we okay so with that self-validating aspect of society um you know one of the things i had to take into correlation with all of what i want to do with religious and uh empowerment of spirituality and all of these things is look there's an entheogenic principle to the plants and how they you know coincide with our bodies the reason why i brought up the incense thing is i was showing a direct reference to a habitual behavior of prayer that was that was linked with uh, cannibalism, which was directly linked to these ancient practices that we've done for generations that have been suppressed, even in our modern era. Today, if you go out and you start doing any of this stuff at the city hall or at the altar, or you make an altar in the middle of the courtyard of city hall, I would even I would even go as far as saying in your backyard, someone's going to be like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" Okay. And so there's there's an obvious issue here. We could say that that's the same thing Daniel was doing. He said, you know what? I'm not going to lay down before Nebuchadnezzar. I'm not going to make this, you know, idol my worship. Matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to practice my belief. I'm going to light my incense and open my window. And I'm going to talk to the creator as loud as I want to from my window and not bow down to that idol of the imagery of the day of of people's aspirations and the political connections all of these things it's a sense of belonging so whenever we're engaging another person's point of view it has little to do with their actual factual point of view and it has everything to do with their sense of belonging so it's like we're attacking their club it has nothing to do with the issue because the issues we can debate and talk about is agree to disagree agreeably we can work through you have an opinion i have an opinion great let's move on but when it comes to a political division, that's a divisionary controlling tactic that as long as we are in disagreement with each other, we can't recognize the puppeteers that are orchestrating the fiscal policy, the international policy, the warmongering, the NATO groups. We don't see the esquires that are in control of our legal system, that are in our uh, standing government, that we have a standing army that is a direct uh, monopoly engagement for these foreign you know, principalities of the day. So when you say something like, hey... I want to know what you think. Most people start fumbling because they're not allowed to think for themselves. All they're going to do is parrot what they have heard from others. So when you have this, this deep calm, that is actually where that reason, that's actually what we're doing when we're doing incense 
when we're lighting that, we're getting a meditation. We're thinking about it. I haven't given myself time to think about that. So let me let me take a moment to digest the question and then give you an answer. That meditational mindset is something that it takes, you know, in my personal life, it came from reading the scriptures and then asking a question to an unforeseen God. I'm going, you know, anybody who was around me would have thought I was crazy because I was talking to something that wasn't there, not out loud, but I was reading the scriptures in a way of like, it was communicating to me personally. And so this today would be considered the same thing that Daniel was getting persecuted for, that they wanted to throw him in the fire for. And think about this from the correlation of throwing somebody in the fire for lighting incense from their own house to say a prayer. That's censorship. That's literally, oh, you wanted to say something, thought police are after you, we're going to round you up and throw you in jail now. Do you think that this vaccine or this principle of health, all of these opinions that people have that we have to agree with are going to cause a wedge in our culture to where that now there's a danger to society for you to hold an opinion? To hold a freedom of thought, because that's really oh, what this comes it's down already, to. It's already started. You can already start seeing it. Okay, so censorship. I mean, to be to be real, I mean, like when you're looking through comments and stuff like that, and just you know, different different uh, you know news media outlet, you know, comment sections, you can just see the division, you know, in people. Uh, okay. Again, can, not a lot of that. research going on. Not a lot of uh, a lot of it is what you say though. Too is you know the regurgitation of what somebody told them and what they're re-saying. Well, one not of the things that, of... that I found interesting is about the memes. Ninety percent of memes are reshared. There's only ten percent of people who are actually making the memes. Like I make memes because I think of something. And I'm like, I'm gonna take this picture. I'm gonna add these words. I'm gonna share that. Because I'm tired of trying to repeat this to a bunch of people, so I'm going to put it in this way. Most people don't make memes. Most people reshare them. So 100%. there's this, and you can pack. And part, the other yeah. side is you can pack a lot of information into a meme. Yeah. You know, through uh, just a you know, through worth visual, a thousand words, right? through, yeah, exactly. Exactly, but you know, visual aspects, and you know, also a couple words here goes a long way. Yeah. So uh, we have about like, I would say, three, four minutes here before we can close up. Um, when it comes to censorship, is there something that you've experienced on any of these platforms about meme sharing or anything like that that you'd like to talk about briefly? Um, I mean, me personally, I like to kind of stay uh, in the back. I don't really get, you know, feisty or anything on the you know, social But it's media fun to stir like the pot. Just oh, yeah. Bit, oh, no, totally. React, I, you know? I, I like to read. everyone reacting i guess that's more or less where i kind of sit back yeah you're totally right i don't like to get into it because it gets it gets my anxiety a little kind of crazy dude but (laughs) um the uh, going into the censorship aspect though there are a couple of um you know people that i do follow on youtube one of them is an actual meme he he literally goes through everything that is going on in the world right now and can He's a meme put it creator. <laughs> into a meme. Like, so he'll, he'll give you an update of what's going on in the world. You know, it's almost like a little bit of a news update. And then he, because the world is kind of in a meme state right now, he'll put a legit meme or something that correlates to that actual what's happening into a meme at the end of the episode, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. There's just little, little skits, you know, like a little 50 right, second, right. 20 second. It's just a little update, you know, like say somebody says something on the news and then he'll be like, what? And then there'll be a so, meme that totally matches that situation. Let me ask He's you this then. Really good about it. But anyway, what I was trying to get into the censorship, that mm-hmm. channel got nuked. Mm. It was getting a little too real, I guess. You know, the memes were getting well, a little the, too spicy. Yeah, I could see that. Here's the other part of this I wanted to ask. Um, we're allowed to use parody. We're allowed to make fun of the news in an educational or a critical sense. We're not trying to make money off of the news by resharing it. We're allowed to like, hey, you said this, this is the actual truth. So we're allowed to do this under the Fair Use Act. Okay. So memes are an empowerment of First Amendment freedom. And the fact that they're being restricted as fact-checked, false news, false information. And I get the point of people wanting to know, make sure that things are true. And there, when this stuff was starting to get you know, big, I was wanting to see where they get in their data. And then 
I realized on my follower list, on the friends list, on the account list, there was hundreds of fact checker names, usernames that are just there to find data as it pops up. And so as things are shared, as things are growing, they are then censoring the amount of information that you're allowed to share with the masses. And I've seen firsthand accounts be closed. I've, I've had them be silenced and shadow banned and to a point to where that they then just deleted the in entire account after paying thousands of dollars for ads to get, you know, lots of followers and all that on an account. So it's interesting that you can literally pay for something, get an approval for it, give them your ID, your address, your, your privacy information. You know, you're giving them a picture of your passport or your your uh, driver's license in order to talk about these things, to verify that you're a citizen of the U.S., to verify that you're an actual person and not a bot. And then you go through this whole venture, and then what ends up happening after the fact is then they find out exactly where you are, and then they limit your ability to share the truth. So firsthand experiences on censorship, I don't consume cannabis on a video camera. That's just not what I do. You won't see me ever doing that. But I, I respect people who do on their live chats and all like that. And imagine now that some of the first films that I did was with incense, literally smoke coming up around me as I'm reading, as I'm doing narrative, as I'm doing a talking head, you know, kind of expose documentary style. That is now a restricted aspect of you are attributing this to possible physical harm. By the information you share, or by the well, fact see, that you're smoking. See, this is this is what I was trying to say though too. Is also they get to choose, pick and choose what they consider what de they deem mm. harmful or non-harmful. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, there's certain I, I, things out there that you're like, how the heck did that pass? You know, your censorship. You know, yeah. and then there's stuff like what you're saying. It's like, um, okay, the balance of what is allowed and what's not allowed or you know is is completely offset like and again i think this has a lot of a correlation into other higher things you know keeping people dumbed down keeping people into watching stupid crap that doesn't benefit you and all that good stuff but beyond that it it literally i feel like it does feed into let's block a lot of the stuff that actually has some meaning behind it and then you know we'll keep the okay. other stuff going talking about blocking and, and, and I get this, too. I love the fact that we can, you know, put a snooze on somebody that's saying something that I don't agree with for a little while. Let them voice their opinion and concern and do this and that. I want to know, do you think that it is wise, according to HIPAA, for these people to be showing a COVID card or putting on their banner around their profile picture, I just got the virus or vaccine and, you know... I, I don't believe in the associate, you know, the, I don't believe okay, so I don't for, have this. For someone, I, for someone that actually has um, my other half that works in the medical field, I completely understand HIPAA or I've learned to understand HIPAA. Right. Uh, at first I was completely oblivious to what HIPAA was. I was like, what do you mean HIPAA? What is HIPAA? What is, what is this? I don't get it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> now, now I completely understand what it is. And what's going on is completely in violation of it all. It's they're, insane. they're volunteering their information, right? And and so this well, is the they're volunteering thing that, it, yes, but it shouldn't be even asked for is well, the here's, here's preliminary the aspect of it. Though, yeah, too. You're and, not in a medical office. You're not around a doctor. Nobody should be able to require any medical information. So why isn't that? Why isn't that narrative to protect those people from themselves why aren't they censoring that specific line of thought for them to share their COVID cards in a picture or to put that little border around their icon? Why isn't that restricted? Because it's in a violation of their civil liberties and freedoms. That's the that's the part. Like, if you're really trying to protect people from themselves. Well, see, I think in the aspect of what we're actually saying right now, though, is the fact of that they put on through their social media aspect of that is the right thing to do. Promote it. Be the show it off. Tell everybody you got it. Put mm. the little thing around your face. Promote it like you know you're in the majority if you have it. Okay. It's the whole mindset of the division okay. of the, you know, now you got the unvax and you got the vax and the, 
You know, you well, got the you got the I'm people sorry you know, to bring that up the are like, yeah, thing, but, you know, it's, it's, it's well, I know, I know, issue, but you asked but... with the social media aspect is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say is like on social media, you have people with the division calling the people out. And, you know, most of the times you can just see it for what it is when you're going through the comments. You don't even have to like see you look over when you see a comment. You're like, whoa, who would say that? And then you see, you know. The little circle of like oh, I've been vaccinated, blah 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 blah. You're <laughs> oh, like, well, oh, no wonder. Yeah, you know, like it's the mindset. You're, yeah, you're in the same. You know, you're in the same concept. But in the aspect of also with the HIPAA thing is like they've been making it so just nonchalant and pushing the narrative of requiring it should be required. And then you have the conver- the people that are having the conversations. Oh, it should be required. Yeah, it should be required. You know. So this is the whole aspect of like where you get. It doesn't people don't know about HIPAA. And this is why it's so easy for them to snake around the backside of like, you know, just going around it, you know, because well, people are just already made all excuse me, automatically already asking for vaccination cap cards and passports when they have okay. no understanding right. of what medical HIPAA you, and all you, that you stuff already, is. You're already on it. You're already on it. So here's the thing I wanna just we're gonna close with this one because I think you're you're on a brilliant state statement right here is so World War Two. We had Bear, which is basically an institution that still exists today. You know, they have a facet that they called Monsanto, who's been you mean sued for and all that stuff yeah, from back in the all day of that. Too. So yeah. Bear was literally poisoning and doing clinical trials on people to find out what the limits of their life were, you know, how long they could be frozen in water, how long they, you know, be exposed to these other, you know, different things, taking twins and then poisoning one with these different injections and shots to find out what actually killed them and what didn't. There's all of these research trials and studies and all of that that's been done. And it's very doctor death, very like whatnot. So we have this huge thing that happened called the Nuremberg trials. And the Nuremberg trials was basically to say to the whole world, this will never happen again. These are the requirements. Here's the 11 principles of the Nuremberg trials. This is what we have to do. We have to abide by these guidelines to make sure this never happens again. Well, almost every principle, I would say every principle actually, of the Nuremberg trials has been violated by this whole thing that's being propagated. I mean, they're making it to where it's mandatory but then at the same time, it's selective for the FDA and these other people who are in these organizations, but they're making it mandatory for the actual physical caregivers and practitioners to have to take part in this stuff. So they're trying to abide by it here, but the actual organization and structures that are enforcing it don't require it for their own people. So there's this, there's this break in, in the line of thought of historically, we're now getting a repetition of history repeating itself. Nobody understands the Nuremberg trials, and if they did, they'd be up in arms about all of this stuff. That's, again, something I want everybody to do their own diligence on, research for yourself, yeah. just to, you know, do your thing and go, wait a second, this is a violation uh, and, and see, of again, that is uh, Again, that's, uh, that's more of an international, that's more of a deep, uh, like a real uh, human type of, um, I guess what you would say, you know, health understanding whereas the hipaa hipaa laws is more of like what is that is that more that's of like the united states yeah it's you can't have your policies like basically your health care is threatened by the person who's taking care of you knowing your medical records and the person who's getting yeah, paid exactly. by your medical records to know your medical records because then they are not giving you the care you deserve it's the equivalent of knowing oh this person's already sick let's just let them die that's why HIPAA exists in a nutshell. It's to basically say, oh, well, you already have these pre-existing conditions, so we're not going to pay out for these other things instead of allowing the doctor well, to mean, tell them I, exactly what they need. I, you see, that's the deeper state of it on that aspect alone, but also in the sense of, you know, just normal freaking privacy issues. You know what I mean? Like, it not is totally about wants, privacy. Nobody the wants their the business privacy, out, yeah, every, you know, everywhere. The, the, well, I'm, I'm addressing this is because it's a dangerous amount of information to share because the second that you're involuntary, like as an example, the reason why in the state of California, they have a medical marijuana identification card program is because the AIDS and the HIV and the cancer patients should not have to declare, Hey, I've got cancer. I've got AIDS. They just need to show you, here's my medical card. That's all you need to know. They shouldn't have to break their HIPAA 
you know, as far as their own personal yeah. medical identity and tell you what's wrong with them in order to get access to medicine that's non-taxed. True. So the whole reason why that whole identification card program exists is because of HIPAA, is because we didn't have a clear separation between medical security and HIPAA and the sale of goods because there was like this breakoff point. And I'm only saying this as an example because it's something people can understand that there is an identification card program for a reason to protect your medical status. It's not because it's cool to have a state card. It's because you have a patient status. They verified your doctor. They know that you're a patient. That's all they really needed to know is that you have a true doctor and you are a verified patient. They don't need to know what your particular cases are. That is between you and your caregiver, you and the direct person that you want to share that with. You don't have to volunteer that information. The hey, only it's thing like, it's yeah. a, can I, I can go even ahead. put this in the most simplest forms. You don't go to your psychiatrist and tell everybody what your psychiatrist, you, what you talk to your psychiatrist about. If you had a psychiatrist or psychologist <laughs> or whatever, you don't, you know you don't mean, go yeah, around yeah, telling people what's wrong with you. You know, yeah, like, yeah, no, 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 don't worry. I talked to my doctor about it, but I, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, this like, is my wait, mindset wait, because this is what they said. That's you know, the reason like, you go to the psychiatrist. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Like, basically, you just told me you're crazy. So now I can't trust anything you say. Well, they don't need to know that you're uh, you're imbalanced and you're you're now balanced back because they listened to you and gave you medicine to balance your serotonin or whatever your MAO inhibitor. So whatever the case may be on the you know psychotropic drugs and all like that, I I get all of that. the The statement that you made is still valid. You should not have to disclose your personal medical history at all because what it is actually doing is eroding your civil liberties by categorically putting you into an association of a patient status and title of your condition instead of you being that person. You are that condition now. It's like the equivalent of a doctor doesn't see your name on the chart. They just see what's wrong with you. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not no, looking I'm, at you I'm... as a person. They're looking at you as the, the problems that you have to, to fix it. So yeah. in the case of the pharmacy or in the case of the insurance board, they're just wanting to hear from the doctor, what's his condition? What do we need to pay you to take care of the condition? If they were practicing medicine and saying, well, you know what? We're not going to really cover that, that practice. That's practicing medicine. That's in violation. The insurance company can't do that. That's why we have a doctor and then we have an insurance that pays for it. So HIPAA is, is present because you can't be both. You can't be the doctor and the insurance company, which is what our government is trying to do to us right now in, in a loving way of respect for all the letter organizations that are out there. They know what I'm saying from the love and respect of this is the truth and the narrative is being plugged in to, to yeah. make it to where that people think that this is the correct way to share your information. I think, I think we just, I think we also just need to uh, circle back in layman's terms, you know what I mean? To the, the <laughs> fact of understanding that you don't need to share your medical information that is against a HIPAA okay. violation. And, and I so, want people to understand that, that the, you know, the whole vaccination cards, the whole, you know, needing to show proof that you're vaccinated is, is against a HIPAA violation, a medical violation already. And I don't think many or most people know what HIPAA even means. Let's, and I just wanted, I just really wanted you, to touch base on that just because, yeah, thank you. you know, and like I, I really wanted to circle back that. for people because again, um, we want to enlighten. Let's take it even further back than, than that. You are absolutely right in the modern era. So do people know what I, do, do, in the general sense, let's just be spiritual for a second and talk about the Old Testament point of view. Does anyone but the creator need to know what I pray about? Yes, exactly. No, nobody. No. Okay. So you my personal the, relationship the with the creator is my personal relationship. It doesn't have, and like, as long as I'm not harming you or anyone else that, uh, you know, my belief isn't harming somebody. It's not impairing somebody else. It's not controlling somebody else. So what I do personally is my own prayer closet, is my own activity. I don't go on Instagram to, to show the incense ceremony, okay? So when, when we're talking about these things, see what's going on. It's basically saying, hold on, let's see what you're doing in that prayer closet, because if you're using that stuff, that's a no-no. 
wait a second. So there's a precept of or, them or making if you... you're not, if you're not, let's be, let's be yeah, more realistic here. If you're not using the substance, whether or not we know it's bad or good for you, you're in trouble. Let's put it more on the, <laughs> oh, let's put it more well, on the turn. Put it more. I'm just kidding. I mean, that, I'm just being real. I'm just... <laughs> well, yeah, no, I love it. I appreciate your time at TCAST and the, the 10-8 podcast. Um, we're going to be closing here. Blessings of abundance upon all the listeners. Hope this made you guys smile, laugh, think. And then remember, we got Salvation Anointed. We also have Canada Movie Rapture for 20 if you want to learn something about your history as a person who has a spiritual being in connection with the plant. There it is. Thank you again for your yes, time. Definitely go, abundance upon your path. Go definitely ahead. Go, ahead. go check him out. Definitely go check out all of those uh, much information and much knowledge to be learned. Hey, thank you so much for having me on again, brother. All right. Have a blessed night.